You kind of talked about what makes, you know, a, a good client or a good customer is, you know, kind of understanding the numbers as well. When you go to a private lender, you know, naturally it's just kind of the, the nature of the business. Private money lenders are more expensive than, than a conventional bank. You kind of have to assess, is it really worth, you know, kind of fighting for half a point or do you want to say, hey, you know, although I am having to pay a bit higher origination fee, you know, what's the, what's the real value you're getting out of this loan, right? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Real Estate Rundown. Hey, listen, I want to introduce our guest here that's coming up that you're going to want to check this guy out. It's Aaron Trevino. And Aaron and I sit down to discuss real estate investment and development financing. Aaron's got a background in that kind of stuff, and he's going to bring some knowledge to us from a lender's point of view. He's going to talk to us about real estate investments, about development deals, and he's going to help you get the tools and the information you need so you can make money and easily through passive and active investment through real estate. So you're going to want to tune back into the Real Estate Rundown and check this episode out with Aaron Trevino. Welcome to the RobNet Real Estate Rundown podcast, where Shannon RobNet has handpicked industry experts to discuss all aspects of investing in the real estate world and seeks to help all real estate investors improve their education and their proven strategies to grow their real estate journeys. Now, here's your host. Hey guys, welcome back to the Real Estate Rundown. My guest today is a gentleman that I am thrilled to have on the show, uh, a gentleman by the name of Aaron Trevino. So Aaron, say hello to everybody. Hey Shannon, how you doing? Good, man. I'm so glad you're on the show. You know, it's not very often that we get somebody that can give us the lender's perspective, right? Because we always, I mean, we always fear the bank, right? But before we get into that, I really want to have you guys, have you just take the time to tell my audience who you are, how you came to be who you are in the industry you're in, and just give us the background of who Aaron Trevino is. Absolutely, Shannon. You know, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, you know, it's, it's been great getting to know you a bit, um, you know, over the, the past few months. And, you know, I really enjoy your content. So uh, thank you again. Thank but, you. Um, but yeah, so, you know, my name is Aaron Trevino. I live here in Austin, Texas. I work for a construction lender. Um, so, you know, in terms of the deals we're financing, you know, we're looking at uh, fixing flips, we're looking at new construction. So we'll do single family homes, condos, townhomes, um, you know, duplexes, quads, um, and then we'll also do ground up construction on multifamily. Awesome. So Aaron, give us some, some more of your background. I mean, uh, how old are you? Are you single? No, we don't run a dating app here. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but but give us a little bit of your history. How did you come to be in lending? Uh, sure, absolutely. So um, I'm from Corpus Christi. So if you're not familiar with the state of Texas, that's on the Gulf of Mexico on the Gulf Coast. So um, if you know where San Antonio is, it's two hours south on the water. Um, so I, I grew up there my, my whole life until I was 18. Uh, I went to the University of Texas at Austin, so um, I've really grown to, to love the city of Austin. I, I think it's one of the, the finest places to live in America, um, which I guess would explain why, why I stuck around. Yeah, exactly. Huh? Funny how that works, right? And, and you're getting some new guys there, like uh, one guy that hardly anybody knows, a guy by the name of Elon Musk is moving there, right? Yeah, I just heard about him recently. Yeah. Well, you know, you ought to check him out. I mean, a couple of billion dollars to make a guy a real, a real genius, but he seems to like Austin too. So you, it, it sounds like you're in great company with that. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was pretty neat, Shannon. You know, I was actually driving um, out that way 
Um, so if you're not familiar with, with the city, you know, Tesla's being built Southeast Austin. And I'd never really seen it for myself until I, I drove past there actually on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, and it's, it's incredible what's going on there and just the, the amount of growth the city is experiencing. You know, and it's awesome when you get somebody of that magnitude that validates what you feel about, you know, your great city, your great state. Uh, it's it's also tragic to see what's happening to other states because of policies that are forcing entrepreneurs like that to move. But anyway, let's leave politics aside here, Aaron. <laughs> so what I want to get out of you while I got you on the show, I want to understand better what why, I mean, we all know why we're so fearful of the bank, right? We all understand why we're going to go in there. We're going to show our goodies. We're going to show what our net worth is. We're going to show our deal. And we're afraid we're going to get rejected. But what is what are some of the things that we can do to really put our best foot forward when we're coming to meet with the bank, when we're coming to figure out what we're going to be able to borrow or if we've got a, a borrowable idea what is what are some of the things that we need to do? I mean, besides, you know, brush our hair and teeth. So I guess I'll probably first start out with, you know, I, I work for a private money lender. So, um, you know, we operate a bit differently from a bank. So normally your local bank, they'll maybe charge you four or five percent. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll charge you four or five percent, you know, where we would be higher interest. Um, and, and the idea is, you know, what we really offer is we offer uh, faster closings. So that that's uh, that's a big um, perk, at least for working with a private money lender. Um, but you know, really, just in terms of working with a lender, I would say, you know, like anything else, step one is, you know, identify what your goal is and, and do your homework, right? Um, so just kind of identify, okay, hey, this is the sort of project that I need, and just you know, kind of leaning on your lender to help you fill in the gaps. You know, and one of the things too, Aaron, I mean, when people hear private money, they, they think hard money, they think leg breakers, you know, they think they think sketchy back alley deals. And that's really not the case. I know that when I have the opportunity, I, I prefer private money uh, in my lending solutions because it really allows me just exactly what you're talking about. It allows me some convenience, some flexibility. Um, you know, you're able to do things that most banks won't, not that they can't. But they have that, you know, that corporate manual of things we don't do that is, you know, refer to page 9,327 and you'll see why we can't do that loan, Mr. Robnett. Uh, so so I love working with private money guys, I, I, you know, and, and I think that there's a lot of, of misconception about what a private money lender is, what it really does and, and, and why it's actually in, in a lot of cases it's a time, not only a time saver, but it ultimately at the end of the day will probably save money, right? Yes, absolutely, Shannon. You know, I, I will say that you know, hard hard money or private money, it's it's not for everyone, right? It's not for everyone or every deal, um, but you know, it can be a magnificent tool. You know, if it's um, something you're open to, it's definitely a magnificent tool you can use to not only get more deals done, but get them done faster than you would with a conventional bank. Well, and we all know, Aaron, time is money, right? Everybody says that. And if you can, I mean, if you're spending, you know, two, three weeks trying to get an approval on a deal, on a fix and flip, that deal's gone. You know, that you're out of due diligence, you're out of contract, you've lost that thing. If you, it, the other thing too, that, that I know that you know, is private money's more built on relationship where banks 
B of A, you know, Wells Fargo, those guys are built on criteria. They don't build relationships, right? So, so when I created hard money or private money banking relationships, I can make a phone call, right? I can make a phone call. I can go, hey, uh, you know, Zach, this is kind of my deal. It kind of looks like this. How are you guys feeling about that stuff right now? You know, Shannon, that's something we'd like. We're looking at this. That makes a lot of sense. Why don't you send over some more particulars? We'll run it up the flagpole. Give me a 24-hour, 48-hour window. I'll have you a soft commit. That's beautiful, right? But that's a relationship, and that's what you guys do, right? I mean, with private banking, that's really what you're building is relationships. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that, that's rule number one is those relationships, right? Um, so, you know, I, I live in Austin and, you know, I, I, take, I take care of, you know, loans and, and deals anywhere in the state of Texas. So in terms of where I'm traveling, I'll, I've traveled all over the state. I'll go to Dallas, Fort Worth. I'll go to Houston, San Antonio, um, here in the Austin area, um, just to meet with different clients, right? Whether it's, you know, just having a, having a, a quick lunch and kind of assessing what, what your goals are, what you want to do. Or, you know, actually setting foot and taking some videos, um, you know, on the construction site. And so in your business model, what are the essentials that a client's got to have to be a good client? Like if you're um, your client, you're coming up with, you know, who they are. What are the essentials that they're going to that, that, that they're going to possess that they're going to have? You know, at least in terms of pricing, you know, we're looking at two things. You know, we're looking at credit and experience. So, you know, in terms of, you know, qualifying for that premium pricing, you have 700 plus credit, you've done this before, you know, you'd probably get the premium pricing. Um, however, you know, we do work with beginners as well. Um, you know, you know, I obviously like working with people who are hungry and looking to looking to improve and, and do more deals. Right. And, you know, that is really where it's at. I mean, if you're having to chase down a new client every time to do a deal, that that's going to take a lot of effort. But if you can take and I know that. I know that in my career, I've had some great banking relationships that have taught me way more than I've than I would have asked for. And I've gotten that inside track. You know, I've, I've gotten that information where I could come to them and say, hey, listen, before I formally present my deal, I, I kind of got it roughed out here. What do you think? Well, you know, let's look at it this way. Let's add a few things here. Let's let's make sure we get this information cleared up so that I don't have a problem with loan committee, because regardless, everybody's got loan committee, right? Right. That's the guy in the back room smoking a cigar, right? He just, no, yes, no, you know, <laughs> running through the criteria, right? But, but tell me about a couple of the deals that you, you've done lately that have been a little bit um, special, that, that that show your flexibility that, you know, kind of give give my listeners a, an idea of, of why private money might be a great way to go. Obviously, we'll leave the names of the, vict oh, it's not, the, the clients <laughs> out of it. Uh, but but give me a couple of examples of, of some deals that you've done that haven't quite fit the norm that have been great examples of what your company and the flexibility you have. I guess first I'll probably piggyback off your, your previous question. You, you were talking about you know what makes a good client. I, I would really say at the end of the day is just you know doing your homework, right? So really just kind of a, you know assessing what what your goals are, what you want to do, and then having the the lender um, you know kind of help you along the way and, and fill in the gaps. Sure. Um, but, you know, in terms of what we can do, you know, we do those flips, do new construction, we do developments. Um, you know, we, we closed a, a pretty, pretty good deal about three weeks ago. Um, it's a, a bit north of San Antonio. So kind of uh, you have Interstate 35, which is, you know, between uh, Austin and San Antonio, that area we call it the I-35 corridor. It's really blowing up. 
a lot of new construction development, uh, families, people are moving there. Um, so, you know, we have a, a pretty nice project there that, that's a, a development. So uh, phase one construction will be nine units. And then um, in total, it's going to be a 54 unit uh, waterfront condo wow. um, right in the heart of the uh, right in the heart of the city. Um, so it's it's going to be beautiful. What, what was unique about that? I mean, you're doing it in phases, uh, first time builder. What, what was what was the uniqueness of that deal? Uh, sure. I mean, the uniqueness, uh, I mean, number one would probably just be the location. Um, so it, it's in New Braunfels, which is north of San Antonio. Um, it's, it's in a, you know, it's prime real estate. The land is great. Um, the, the developer we, we were working with, um, you know, engineered by trade. Um, mm. And he's, you know, pretty, pretty experienced and, you know, uh, you know, with land and, and kind of working up deals and, and developing land. Um, so it was definitely a pleasure working with him. Um, but, uh, but yes, engineers are ex an exact science. They, they, everything goes in a certain box and it's weighed and it's measured. I love working with engineers because you get exactly what they tell you you're going to get, uh, you know, Tuesday at noon is Tuesday at noon. Uh, if not 1158, just to make sure we're not late. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, and, and I, I say that, uh, in tongue in cheek, my best friend is an engineer and, uh, the guy is like clockwork and, you know, I love I love working with him because you know exactly what you're going to be dealing with. But, you know, and here's the thing, Aaron, when you're when you're starting out, you know, one thing that I can attest to uh, is when I was starting out, the relationship was what got me the loan. The fact that I was new was one strike against me. Right. Let's just be honest. Being new was one strike against you. But also there is the credit. There's everything else. But if you're but if you're if you're starting out small and you do a deal and that deal is successful and then you turn that into two deals with the same guy, the same person, right? Then you're creating that track record. And that track record, instead of trying to go down the street to the other bank for a half a point, you're able to talk to this particular bank or you again and go, hey, listen, we've done these three projects together. This is a great thing. We can keep moving forward. And, and that creates the history. But isn't it equally as important to have that relationship when things aren't going well? Sure, sure, absolutely. Like anything else, you know, those relationships are crucial. Um, and, you know, when, when things aren't going well in whatever business or whatever aspect it may be, you know, you, you're going to want someone to lean on. You know, and that's something that a lot of people forget that your banker is not just somebody you talk to when things are great. They're not somebody you just talk to when things are bad, you know. Uh, I always tell people you you get the credit when you can get the credit because you never know when you're going to need it and you never know what the lending environment is going to be when you need it. So when people ask, well, when should I go get a HELOC on my house? I want to I want to buy another rental property. I say you get the HELOC immediately. You know, I say that you do the things, the preparatory things that put you in a position to be done with your lending situation or have the best relationship before you need it instead of trying to call in the middle of the night. And going, man, Aaron, I really want to do business with you. I got this deal and it closes in three days. Uh, sorry, John, we've never met. I, you know, you must be thinking of the other hard money lender that meets people in the middle of the night in the back alley, right? That's not us. We're different, yeah. Yeah. right? But that's the thing that I think a lot of people fail to see is that relationship is really, it. it I mean, it does. It adds so much to the, the equation of, of how, how, lending is going to be done, right? What kind of, 
not not so much what kind of rate, but how far out you're going to go because it is a two-way street, right? I mean, if, if you know that this client is going to come back again and again and again and has proven that, then you're going to go to bat with your credit department. You're going to go to bat with your people to go, dude, we've already got four loans with this guy. We're not giving him a fifth. Come on, guys. This guy's been here. We've been doing all of his deals for the last three years. We've got track record with this guy. I mean, those are the kind of things that you really, that, that a lot of people fail to look at because they're so busy looking at the half a point that they fail to build that relationship, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, and, you know, it is all about those relationships as well. Um, and, you know, I, I will say you kind of talked about what makes, you know, a, a good client or a good customer is, you know, kind of understanding the numbers as well. You know, when you go to a private lender, you know, naturally it's just kind of the, the nature of the business. You know, private money lenders are more expensive than, than a conventional bank, right? So, you know, it, you kind of have to assess, is it really worth, um, you know, kind of fighting for half a point or do you want to say, hey, you know, although I am having to pay a bit higher origination fee, you know, what's the, what's the real value you're getting out of this loan, right? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, you know, it's, I mean, you, you can use that analogy anywhere in your life. It's, it's cheaper to buy the chicken and cook it at home, but everybody goes to Colonel Sanders, right? I mean... <laughs> Maybe yeah. not Colonel Sanders, right? I mean, Austin, you guys got great barbecue, right? But but nobody's raising the cow, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're going to the barbecue joint. They're letting they're letting the guys that know to do it well do it. And you know, that's my point, right? I I use I use private money quite often because it is more flexible, right? It can be there for longer or shorter durations should you need it as you need it. They can more flexible on their extensions, things like that that make sense. And, you know, that's that goes back to that relationship when I got to put two weeks worth of effort into getting a big deal approved versus three months. Right. Sure. Absolutely. You, you know, it, it definitely you know comes down to that relationship. Um, and, you know, I probably do sound like a broken record when I say do your homework, but, you know, do your homework. Right. So right. You know, if you're trying to build that relationship with, with the private lender who's going to get a bat for you, you know, much like I do for my clients, um, you know, a lot of times it, it would put them in a difficult position if you call them, you know, at 2 p.m. on Tuesday and say, hey, we need to close 2 p.m., you know, on Thursday, right, within two days. Right. Yeah. But the other thing is, too, I mean, you know, one of the things, like like I said, is that relationship is what's going to help you get your numbers right. You know, you're not going to you're not going to come out of the gate. Perfect numbers. Right. But you're going to come in and you're going to go, hey, Aaron, I got a deal. It's a fix and flip. I got two weeks. You know what? That's going to be tight, but we can do it. This is what I need. Bring me your homework. Let's let's make sure we got it pulled together. You know what? I'm going to need a couple more comps. Where are you really getting your ARV? You know, where are these things coming from? And then having that relationship where when you go to Wells Fargo, you're pushing it across a desk and then, okay, we'll call you. Yeah. And that may take weeks to get that call back, you know? Where you're, you're, like you said, you're driving across town to have lunch and, and get to know the people and go, hey, these are the kind of things we need to bring. Make sure that you do your homework. Excuse me, Aaron, I got a couple of questions about the homework. Can, can I get some help with that application? You're going to get a lot more of that from a private lender, a lot more hand, not necessarily handholding, but, but uh, learn on the job is probably yeah. a better term, right? You're going to get sure. a lot more of that expertise that's going to come to you and help you along that way. Uh, than if you're just at the bank and you're a number.
And then you're looking at it going, if I can do two or three or four deals in the same time it takes me to get one approved, I may be paying a higher price on, on my, my, my loan origination fees or things, but I'm, I'm ultimately I'm making more money, right? Do you deal, do you guys deal with uh, non-recourse loans in what you do? Are you strictly recourse? And, and can you kind of explain to my listeners a little bit what the difference is between those two? We are recourse, right? Um, so I guess that that's just a, you know really just a legal term. Um, I'm not really too familiar with with the formalities or kind of the, the legality of it, but at least you know we we like to have you know recourse loans. And recourse is just collateralized uh, with personal guarantees most of the, most of the time, and then you know um, which a lot of people find you know I personally I prefer the recourse loans. My investors like the recourse loans a lot better when they see that I am signing them. Um, because then it's my feet are cast in the cement, right? I'm not, I'm not looking at it going, well, that didn't work out, but I'm not putting it in my personal assets or my signature behind it. I'm out of here, you know, uh, moving on to the next deal. So recourse can be, you know, for me, I found that obviously non-recourse is a little bit more expensive even than, than, uh, private money, uh, recourse debt. But the other side of that is it, it, in what I've seen, having the recourse debt brings more faith out of your investors uh, when you're looking at doing the deals and, and putting them together. So uh, that's definitely another another aspect of that. But when you're looking at uh, you know your typical um, you know your typical fix and flips and things like that, a lot of those don't fit into a conventional box. You know, a lot of those. Uh, you know, I've seen guys even even set up fix and flips with lines of credit type of a situation where, you know, they come in, they've got a basic scenario. It's, you know, it's a hundred grand. The ARV is 200 grand. I got to put 40 into it. Yep. It qualifies. They're pulling the hundred off of a line of credit. Is that the kind of stuff that you guys do as well? Uh, so I will say, you know, we, we don't offer lines of credit, mm -hmm. um, but you know, our bread and butter is really those flips and those new construction deals. And how do you qualify those flips, knowing that those are kind of a fast action item? You know, how are how are you getting those in and getting those approved? How are you working with your people on those? Uh, sure. So, you know, I mean, the first thing I would mention would probably just be ROI, right? You know, just your return on investment, basically just ensuring that, hey, you know, it's worth your time and, and it's worth ours, right? Mm -hmm. um, so right. kind of the, the, the threshold that we like to look at any deal we go into, you know, whether it's new construction or a flip, we want to see that, you know, our client's going to have at least 30% ROI um, because, you know, really anything beneath that, it, it's generally, you know, not worth your money or, or time. Well, it gets a little skinny and, and you have one hiccup and you were going to make 30, you know, an ROI of a 30% on a $200,000 deal. That's 60 grand. If you got a 5% miss on your calculations and lumber went up another 7%, there went 12% of your money right off the top. Now you're down to 17% between the time that you got approved and the time you got it committed and bought out. Right. Now you got to do everything right for 17%. And that's assuming that the market doesn't change at all. Yeah. Or you get any buyer's concessions, right? Buyer wants you to pay for this or buyer wants you to pay for that. It's a great deal. I'd love to buy it, Mr. Johnson, but I'm going to need you to pay my closing costs, you know? Yeah. And we've all been in that world, right? I mean, I can obviously tell you remember 2008, but not the way that I remember 2008, a little younger, you know, maybe you weren't as involved in real estate. 
2008 was the was the year of reckoning when all of the sudden everybody remembered why banks put the kind of protocols in place had that had the margins that they wanted builders to have or developers to have or flippers to have because all of a sudden everything was upside down and very very quickly right and and the reality is you know a lot of people look at bankers as somebody that tells them no but the reality is in a lot of cases you're saying yes to the right deals to keep people from doing the wrong deals you know uh, sometimes a bank saying no on a deal is actually should be viewed as a blessing because it means that there's something wrong with the deal. It may not be you, might be the deal. Yes, absolutely. And I think one misconception that people have about lending is that you know your lender's not looking out for you, right? And that and that's simply not true. You know, if anything, your lender, whether you're doing flips or whether you're doing new construction, your lender wants you to succeed. You know, because when you're doing more of those flips or new construction, you know they want to help you along the way. And, you know, kind of, they want to build that business relationship, right? So when you win, you know, your lender wins too. Well, and a lot of people think, oh, the lender, you know, they, 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 they want to repossess, you know, they want to take the asset and, and you guys don't, right? I mean, you guys want to loan your money out. You want to get your origination fees. You want to get your interest and you want to get your principal back. You don't want to have to get into the repo business. You don't want to have to, you know, if you want to get into the repo business, you go run a used car lot, right? I mean, that's, that's a sure way to get into the repo business, right? But that's not what, that's not what any lender wants to do. They want you to succeed and their underwriting is what science tells them or history tells them, more importantly, history tells them is going to be a successful deal. And the quicker we can all get to that understanding that it isn't a bad thing when they say no, at least they stopped you from doing something that might not be in your financial best interest, you know? So you got any, any last closing words of advice for, for my listeners on, you know, what they should be, what they should be dealing with, what they should be looking for, um, how the market's going to shape up. What do you see with, with everything lending? Just any closing thoughts? Sure. You know, in terms of the market, at least here in Texas, you know, that the market moves pretty quickly. Um, so the big major metros, we have Dallas, Fort Worth, we have Houston, Austin, San Antonio. Um, you know, I can take care of smaller markets as well, kind of the secondary markets. So, you know, we'll also do Bryan College Station, New Braunfels, uh, you know, Corpus Christi, Temple, Waco. Um, but, you know, in terms of what you can do, I, I would say just get started, you know, yeah. and that and that doesn't mean That's great advice. And, you know, and, and that that really doesn't mean, you know, do something crazy and, and buy a bunch of land or buy a house. You, you don't and you're not having a plan, but, you know, just get started with whether it's researching, you know, um, you know, maybe plots of land to buy or, you know, maybe kind of the, the private money process. Um, I would say just get started. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you clarified that because getting started, some people do go crazy, but um so, Aaron, uh, tell us, where can we find you? Where can people find you in social media? How can they connect with you? What's the best way to, to track you down? Yeah, of course, Shannon. Uh, so my name is Aaron Trevino. It's, um, you know, if you want to email me, it's my email is Aaron Trevino 512 at gmail.com. Uh, my cell phone number is 361-288-9384. Um, I work for Streamline Funding here in Austin, Texas. I, I guess you, you kind of know a lot of the deals we do. Um, I'm also, you know, pretty active on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I also have a YouTube channel where I, you know, bring a lot of real estate professionals on as well, just like yourself, developers, builders, investors. So in terms of, you know, actionable content that that would probably help you, I would say definitely check out our, our YouTube channel. Awesome. 
So, guys, thanks for tuning in to the Real Estate Rundown. I hope you got as much out of my conversation here with Aaron Trevino as I did. Uh, and I want to thank you guys for being with us this week. If you have some feedback you'd like to share, please your, leave your comments in the notes section below. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode of the Real Estate Rundown on real estate investment development financing with Aaron Trevino, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons that you see at the bottom of the post. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as Aaron's YouTube channel and like us and find us on iTunes where you can get automatic updates on new episodes as they come out. And finally, please take a minute to give us an honest review when you see us on those channels. We sure appreciate that and it really helps us to provide a better show. So everybody, thanks for joining us on this week's edition of the Real Estate Rundown and my guest, Aaron Trevino. Thanks so much for stopping by. We look forward to talking with you again soon. Thanks a lot, Shannon. Always a pleasure.